This is Austin Art Talk, and I'm your host, artist and photographer, Scott David Gordon. Join me as I go in-depth to learn about artists local to Austin and beyond. We will dig into their origins and explore their paths and careers as artists, struggles and triumphs, setbacks and successes, and everything in between. I really love creating this podcast, and hopefully we can all figure out together how to better connect and support each other and our local art communities and create opportunities and abundance for ourselves through conversations like these and the ripples they create. This podcast is supported by people like you who find value in these talks and the work that goes into them and their production. Discover all the ways you can help keep this podcast going by visiting the support tab at austinarttalk.com. Consider sharing any episode that you love with someone you love and give a minute to leave a rating and review or feedback. And follow along on Instagram to stay up to date and share any ideas or questions or sign up with your email on the website. And keep in mind, no matter what you may be going through, you're not alone. That is why these conversations exist. Our shared humanity and experiences give us strength, hope, and a path forward. On to the heart of the show. For the last 15 years, the Fusebox Festival has been delivering an amazing array of curated performances and artists from all over the world and bringing them right here to Austin. Since the festival will not be able to go on as planned as a live event, the organizers had to pivot the whole event online into what they are calling the virtual edition. Join me for a conversation with Executive and Artistic Director Ron Barry and Associate Artistic Director and Curator Anna Gallagher-Ross to talk about how that played out and what we can look forward to experiencing this year. Well, Anna and Ron, thanks for being on my podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's our pleasure. It's a treat. Yeah, well, I was thinking about this on my way... um, to interview you, um, how the Fusebox Festival for so many years has just been the highlight of my year. I mean, I just have so many fond memories of going to Fusebox events and performances over, I don't remember how long I've been doing it. It's probably not for the whole 15 years, but um, I have so many fond memories and having just having my mind blown and just seeing things that I probably never would have seen um, other, you know, in Austin, if you guys hadn't brought these things here, and I'm just so thankful that uh, you're you're still doing it. Oh well, thank you. That means a whole lot. Absolutely, uh, it's why we do it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm wondering maybe for anyone that uh, hasn't heard my interview with Ron, that kind of talks a lot about the origins of the festival. Um, maybe if either one of you could just give a little synopsis of like what the festival is, why it exists, you know, what its goals are and mission and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we were founded by a group of artists, uh, 15 years ago. Uh, we had a real interest in live performance in the live experience and different kinds of art projects that were intended to be experienced in a live setting. Yeah. Uh, my background was in theater, uh, but I was really interested in where theater met these other art forms. Um, uh, Maybe as a way of getting at an exploration of the possibilities of live performance by looking at other art forms. And so we wanted to create a festival or a moment in the year 
were different kinds of artists, theater artists, filmmakers, visual artists, composers, musicians, etc., could come together and explore what's possible in a live space. And then we were also, you know, we were a group of artists living in Austin and we love living in Austin, uh, but we were also hungry to meet artists living in other places. And so it was also uh, about bringing in artists from other parts of the world. And and so uh, maybe if you zoom out a little bit, it was uh, our work was about creating a, a moment for this exchange of ideas across art forms and across geography with the live event at the center of that. Um, And then we, um, you know, we had no idea we were going to do it twice, much less 15 times. And we've we've tried to kind of hang on to that spirit of uh, making it up as we go and and continuing to reimagine and invent what this thing is. Um, And, you know, maybe this current situation that we're in right now also uh, speaks to that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's changing everything, isn't it? Uh, I'm actually, as you're talking, Ron, I just, I was reminded of um, our interview that we did last time and something you said about how uh, so many times you've gone to performances and they've totally challenged you and challenged your beliefs and were like unlike anything you've ever seen. And I just think that was like that. That's what I was kind of speaking to in the beginning was just like having that experience of Mm. being taken out of your daily routine and having your beliefs challenging challenged, having what you think is even possible for a human being to do or create, (laughs) uh, you know, challenged. I just, um, I'm so, I'm so grateful to you guys for, continuing um did you have anything to add to that anna about the just kind of like you know what how, how long have you been working for Fusebox? gosh it'll be three years actually this june um that i've been with Fusebox, and it's been such a magical ride um i had always heard of Fusebox, um and you know just admired the kind of model for festival making and similar to you i think the reason I became a curator of performance is that I will always trace it back to those shows that cracked things open for me in a new way and sort of liberated me to realize that you can do that, like that that thing is possible. And I think that that's sort of the beauty of live performance and definitely the beauty of what we try to create at Fusebox for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe just, Oh yeah, go ahead, Ron. Yeah, I think this sense of possibility of of cracking open what we can do, what this can look like, what a festival can look like, um, how it can live in meaningful relationship to place. Uh, And, you know, that's uh, part, you know, I think we're really interested in relationships and collaboration and a plurality of voices Um, But then also like really feeding our imaginations and letting us go to different kinds of places and try different kinds of things. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, how I would describe a lot of my experience for sure. Mm. I'm wondering how each one of you are doing personally just through this. Like I can't imagine with you having to pivot um, the whole festival to something, create something new that you've had much time to, uh, sit around. 
Yeah, time has an elastic and strange quality right now. Like it feels like it's been a year since we announced we were canceling <laughs> the festival, and it feels like it's been three and a half weeks. So, yeah, um, I think what's remarkable is we've had to pivot. I mean, we keep using the word pivot because we've really had to yeah. reorient ourselves as a team. And I think. I don't want to speak for Ron, but I know initially for me, there was, you know, the grief of having to um, not realize a festival that we've been working on for two years. But at the same time, like, I actually feel like this is kind of like a balm or like a kind of tonic for what I need right now, personally. I think there's so much that is difficult right now. There's so many people I'm worried about. I'm concerned about people in our industry. There's so many things that are, you know, front and center for me. But at the same time, having a creative response has really been kind of something that sustained me, but definitely like it comes in waves for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it comes in waves. There's days when I just, I'm like, like get really depressed, honestly. Um, yeah. And then other days when, uh, you know, I'm inspired by these artists that we're working with that, are all rallying and coming up with really fun, cool things. And uh, this wonderful community of people that we work with and find that inspiring. And then it's fun to, to imagine a new thing. It's fun to imagine a pivot. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a little bit of the, I wish we had more time, uh, but right. uh, no, I don't know. there's a part of it that's fun and it, it challenges you and we're coming up with ideas and I don't know, that's fun. Um, but it's also, you know, there's a lot of, um, uh, just horribleness in the world right now. Yeah. And so yeah. It's really Absolutely. also aware of the, aware of that, um, you know, in terms of, uh, people's health and, and also just the, the economics of what's going on right now and the, the brutal economic reality that's playing out is really rough. So, you know, it's, it's just all those things. It's the, the awfulness and the, the kind of energy that accompanies creating something new. It's kind of fun. And then maybe the, the sense of possibility and, uh, hearing a lot of, a lot of people talking about, you know, what, what is the possibility of coming out of this thing with some new kind of, uh, what are some new things we can be working towards? Right. (laughs) Let's not just, our goal should not be to just return to normalcy. No, Uh, no. uh, Let's put our, you know, collective imaginations and brains together to imagine some new ways of, of being in this world. Um, and yeah. that, so that that's actually really exciting. And so you know, it's a complex moment right now. It's a lot of things. Um, and then it's also like, it's like so beautiful out. It's this strange, it's feel like we're living in this idyllic moment. And then it's also horrible. Yeah. Um, so it's all, and then, but also there's possibility in it. And so. Yeah, I feel, I, f- I definitely am horrified, but I'm also very optimistic that a lot of positive things could come out of this. Um, I'm just wondering for each one of you, I don't want to dwell too long on anything super personal. Uh, I definitely want to talk about the, the festival, but I'm just wondering if for each of you, how just your priorities or the, 
uh, in your life have changed or shifted or just generally how you feel differently about the world or your lives? I mean, definitely for me this past weekend and week, I've been celebrating Passover and I'm not, um, no, I wasn't raised a very religious Jew, but I think it was really wonderful for me to realize in this time how much I needed to be with the people I love and how much I needed to be in contact with them and checking on them. And it's been, you know, very hard to see so many loved ones deeply impacted by this economically and mm. mentally and all those things. So I think I feel very privileged to be where I'm at in this moment. Um, and I think for me, you know, um, having a Passover Seder, you know, this past week and gathering around and eating and speaking about struggle and speaking about liberation and speaking about not being beyond those things in a lot of ways in this moment, you know, Mm, I think this is, this is um, made transparent and maybe very urgent how precarious so many fields are and people's Mm. lives are. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that's just what's hitting me the most is, um, it comes down to care is how can I be caring for people? How can I do my part in caring for people? But how can I also advocate so that larger structures are caring for people? So that's kind of, I don't know if that answers yeah. your question, but it's kind yeah, of where absolutely. heading. Yeah. Thank you for that. Ron, I mean, you did share a little bit already in your last response, but. Yeah. I mean, I think even just, uh, you know, as a team, I think we've wanted to really, we always want to take care of each other, but I think especially right now. And so we've just kind of have a standing policy. Hey, look, if, if you're not up for a call or a a zoom session right now, you can bow, you can bow, take care of yourself right now. You know, we've got a session scheduled for 4 PM and, you know, if you can't do that right now, don't sweat it. Go take care of yourself. Um, and trying to, you know, to the extent that we can think about our, our crew and technicians and our artists and find ways to support them in this moment. And then, you know, of course, also checking in with family, um, checking in with friends and loved ones in places that are, you know, much harder hit than Austin right now. Knock on wood. So many friends in New York right now. It's just, it's crazy and surreal. Um, Mm. And so, yeah. And and then thinking, I was talking and friends in Italy, you know, and uh, my friend Mm. Lisa sent this really beautiful note, just saying that she felt like this moment in this moment, it's like the sea has receded and you can see everything that was there. Um, and so it's just laid bare <laughs> these systems yeah. and these things that of course have been there for a long time, but it's just now it's like in clear sight. Um, and so maybe in that there's also, uh, to maybe to my earlier point, there's also possibility in that. Um, but it's just making visible a lot of things and structures and systems that were in place. And, um, you know, maybe there is an opportunity there to, to come out of this with some, some new, new ideas and new ways of doing things. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like everything's changed. Uh, Absolutely. Everything. Um, So I'm wondering how, if it's not too painful to uh, recount, like just how the, 
process of kind of realizing what was happening kind of sunk in and then you guys kind of had to come up with a, a new plan? Like, what did that look like, if you don't mind sharing? Well, I, I'm sure for a lot of people in Austin, this was the, the big sort of um, wake up call was South by canceling. I think right. for me personally, it was sort of the this huge, you know, thing yeah. that no one thought could ever cancel. Um, right. Did cancel, in fact. And so I think as a team that definitely set off at least the alarm ball, bells in our conversations. Um, I, I think it's so funny. I mean, it's sort of I I don't know what it is. It's tragic. It's something. But we have all these calendar invite notifications that Ron and I keep getting of things that we set for the festival. Yeah. And so we keep getting reminded. And so it's so funny because I think that what was so horrifying about this crisis is that things escalated in that week of March 13th so quickly um, that, you know, I remember at the top of that week we were saying, well, maybe we'll have a local festival with some national artists. Maybe the international artists can't come. And then, right. you know, quite quickly we we're saying, okay, well, maybe no international artists, maybe national artists. But then quite quickly we realized we can't even gather. And so that I think was like the moment where we just said this thing, this thing can't happen. It's not possible. I, I don't know how you remember it, Ron. Yeah, it was, we went through different iterations of scaling back the festival what if, and then one, one iteration was like, well, what if we just had outdoor projects so that people could right. manage their own space, their social distance between each other. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I just reached a point where it's like, it's just, it's not going to be a thing and we don't want to put anyone at risk. Um, and then it just, I mean, then the city put a moratorium. So then it really was not feasible on any level. And uh, so, but we did, we did want to have something. I think it felt important yeah. to to us to um, continue with something, to imagine a, a creative response to this. There were just so many cancellations. And I think we felt like we were in a position to yeah, offer something else, imagine something else um, with the festival. I think it was also, uh, an interesting proposition. What does it mean to take this thing at a yeah. festival and move that online? And what does that entail? And what kinds of things are even meaningful or interesting in that space? It's a different space. Yeah. Um, and, and it's specifically a festival that is specifically interested in liveness and being together. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know. Those were interesting questions for us. And I think we, we didn't want to come to the table with all the answers. I think we, we wanted to come to the, the table with some ideas and some questions and, um, a sense of curiosity. And let's look at this together with, with, uh, with each other and, and learn from this moment. And so the, the virtual edition of this festival is, it is a way to share a lot of these artists that we've been working with for the past two years. And we're really excited to share them with folks. Uh, but it's also kind of an experiment of like, yeah, what kinds right. of things do work in this space and what kinds of things don't. And so we're, you know, like we're playing with time. Like we have some stuff that's going to be like a minute to two minutes in length stuff. That's five minutes stuff. That's 15 minutes stuff. That's 24 hours long. So we're like oh, cool. we're playing with time. We're playing with, <laughs> Location, we're do, using 
the technology to like actually go into location, go to a, a studio in Tokyo or Sydney and actually see where an artist makes work. And that's, you know, that's something you can't really do when you're bringing artists to Austin. You can't simultaneously be in Tokyo and Manila. Uh, and so that's interesting. Um, yeah, as we're trying playing around with different, social social components and like yeah what does it mean to gather uh in a virtual space and different ways of doing that and different ways of learning from each other mm. um that all became interesting and exciting uh to think about and we were also we didn't want to it's a crazy time for everyone right now and it's really yeah. crazy for a lot of artists and so we also didn't want to force this on anyone. And so we reached out to all of our participating artists to invite them to participate. But we were also like, Hey, only do this. If this is, if this right. sounds fun, if it sounds fun to you or if it's interesting to you, there's no obligation. You please go take care of your loved ones or yourself. Yeah. Um, but if it does sound fun and interesting, we'd love to have you. And almost I'd say like 90% of our artists have been really excited about it and wanted to do it. Oh, nice. so, yeah. Very cool. Uh, so there was never a moment where you were like, it's done. This is, it's over. We're not doing anything. Not, not really. We had these different versions of it that we were imagining, yeah. but we did, we felt like in order to make this virtual festival happen, we needed to pull the plug with enough time for us to, to prepare. For yeah. That. Right. And so, yeah, we pulled a plug about a month out, maybe five weeks out. Um, just that so must've been hard because I, I feel like, uh, you know, one of the kind of the maddening things about this situation for me is just because it's like, you have to anticipate it so far ahead in, in advance to try to mitigate the damage. And it just almost seems like it's kind of maddening. Sometimes it's like, is this really happening? Like what's happening? And it mm. must've felt like such a, did it ever feel like an overreaction or did you feel like it was risky to anticipate and pivot so soon? Uh, and I mean, I know you had to, but I just, I mean, that, that, that would take some, some leadership that I think we haven't seen in other places. Yeah. I, I mean, I think appreciate it, that, Ron. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I think at the time when we, when we um, made this announcement and made it public, I think we were technically still allowed to gather, but it was maybe like, nothing over 250 people at that point. Oh, right. right. I think it might've actually gone down to 50. It might've already gone down to 50. I think we had okay. maybe internally made the call to do the pivot and it was at around 250, but we were anticipating that going down. And I think by the time we actually made it public, it had already gone down to 50. Yeah. Um, Which now seems crazy. I mean, even 10 doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Anyway. And, you know, yeah. We just, <laughs> You know, at a certain point, it was just like, yeah, we can't put people uh, at risk. It was right. this is like actually not even that. It was a painful decision, but not a difficult one. It was like, right, you know, right. You know, like, yeah, there's what are we going to do? We're not going to put people in risk. That's yeah, crazy. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's just jump in and um, 
if you don't think there's anything else to explore beyond that and just maybe uh, you guys could share what this is going to look like and how people can, what, what people can anticipate and how they can participate. Yeah. I mean, I think as Ron said at the beginning of this, Fusebox has always been about taking risks and exploration and reimagining what a festival can do and be. And I think this is just a great example of that, us taking this online. Yeah. Um, I think as Ron said, you know, like we have 30 days to realize this thing in a way. And so what's beautiful about that is that that's a different kind of liveness. We're truly alive in trying to learn and not know and embrace the glitch and the lag and all the things that come with moving to a virtual realm. Um, But it's been really exciting to dream up these things with our artists and to honor their work, but also, as we've said, like discover something new. Um, and so the actual manifestation of this is we've pushed uh, the festival dates back a week to April 24th through 26th, mm-hmm. and it will be a condensed weekend long broadcast. And we kind of from the beginning have had this idea of framing it as a kind of television broadcast or a kind of public access television broadcast. Oh, nice. And I think we really like that idea because it embraces the kind of DIY kind of immediacy of what we're trying to accomplish and what sort of the state of things are, Um, but also really speaks to a kind of plurality, an idea of involving multiple people, of embracing people from all locations and inviting them in to watch this thing. Because, you know, we can't gather in the intimacy of a theater, but I think what's beautiful about the internet is it creates a new kind of imagined kind of community. Yeah. So there's that too. Um, and so in keeping with this idea of the broadcast, we've come up with different segments um, or kind of channels within this. Um, so there'll be things like um, cooking with Fusebox as a segment. There'll be night owl for people who like staying up late and dancing or experiencing kind of late night projects. Yeah. We have, you know, performances. We have live workshops. We have talks, stuff for kids. So we have all these different kinds oh, cool. of segments that together really create it's really beautiful and interactive experience. Um, so uh, it's going to be, you know, a number of artists taking part. As Ron said, almost 90% of our 2020 artists, as well as some Fusebox alumni and a few people that are new to Fusebox that have come into the fold will be taking part. So it's an incredibly impressive lineup that will be going mm. live actually tomorrow. Um, and Oh, sweet. <laughs> and, you know, things kick off Friday evening and then last till Sunday night. So it's going to be a beautiful weekend of sort of gathering in the name of live performance and seeing what it really means to be truly live. Um, online. Yeah. And you have contributors from all over the globe, I would assume, right? Precisely. Yeah. We have contributors from all over. We have people appearing from Norway, from the Philippines. Um, we have people from all over the United States. We have people from Australia Um, the UK. Anyway, an incredible collection of artists from all over the world, as well as Austin. We're super happy to be profiling some amazing artists from Austin. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Did you want to elaborate on any of that, Ron? Well, that seems like it was pretty well covered. Yeah. Good job. And I got your love. (laughs) You can tell I've been writing a press release. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. yeah. So how to, how, how are people going to interact with this? Like they're going to go to 
your website and there's going to be different channels and different options. And Yes. So fuseboxfestival.com is the sort of place you go to, to find whatever you need once this thing airs. Um, what's exciting is that we've, um, started working with a web designer to build out a custom platform for this uh, festival experience. And we're actually going to be replicating the festival format. So things will go live at certain times and you'll have to catch them then. So people can, um, the schedule will hopefully go live this Friday, the 17th, and people can then plan their festival weekend and plan all the kinds of things that they will uh, take in. Nice. Is any of it going to be captured or recorded or is it really just of the moment? We are working on what an archive of this may look like. So it may not be necessarily available immediately, although some things will be. Um, um, but we're going to really work hard to kind of compile everything and have it sort of exist as a time capsule of this incredible kind of moment um, yeah. for our artists, for our partners, for ourselves. Um, and just a funny note, just a side note, because we yeah. were talking about, you know, the... Um, previous iteration or the iteration of Fusebox that was supposed to happen. It's so funny because nothing obviously could take place in, in real life. But the one thing we have is the book that we publish annually yeah. that accompanies the festival that actually got delivered like a week and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this book, this book features like incredible essays from, you know, writers around the world about our artists. It features all these amazing art commissions. And it was just so beautiful to like open this book up and realize that actually the festival's right here. So it's like this beautiful kind of ghostly ah. archive. And so we're actually going to be selling it um, in conjunction with the online event because folks can have it as a guide or a map to kind of experience things with or just a memento after the fact. Yes. So it's still, the re- the information's all still relevant or what were you going to exactly. say? Exactly, exactly. Well, it's this, it's yeah, it's this weird um uh, ghost archive it's this archive of this festival that never happened yeah Um, (laughs) you know but all the essays on these artists work are like still relevant yeah all these beautiful kind of invitations and um yeah the and then as ron said the other half of it is there's like advertisements or like profiles of all the things that were meant to happen so it's kind of a trippy kind of past present future read One thing that's kind of interesting is, you know, I think while probably like 90% of our festival artists are participating in this, uh, a lot of times they're not doing what they were really doing at the festival. I think yeah, it didn't make sense to do a direct translation of that or just, we're just going to live stream what we were going to do. Well, it's just... In many cases, that just wasn't logistically possible when you're in your home <laughs> and you're not at a well-outfitted theater. Um, right. But I think also it would just it would take some real reimagining to figure out how to make what they were doing work in this situation. And and so uh, I think often we've been working with artists to they're still doing something, but it's not exactly the thing that we're going to be doing in our festival. Uh, as it was originally conceived. So just wanted to clarify that. Sure. Yeah. And and that's been kind of the, the privilege of Ron and my work is that we get to collaborate with these artists to imagine what it means to either translate their work to an online format in a different way or just dream up something new. And really all of that imagining is the artists. We are just privileged to be able to be in conversation with them about it. Um, and I think we're aware as we embark on this project too of, 
what a really rich and diverse field uh, the digital art field is and how mm. much, you know, people have been working in this field for 20 years and more. Um, and so I think as part of the festival, we really want to be building in that awareness and sort of, you know, recognizing all the people that have been making work that is kind of um, of the internet for quite a long time. So we're really thrilled to be featuring actually one of the sort of leading scholars and artists practicing in the field at the festival, um, Angela Washko, who's going to be talking mm. about kind of the digital field at large. And I'm really excited to catch what she has to say. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And then we, you know, I think we're, we want to uh, gather, celebrate, uh, share, learn all these things. And then afterwards kind of take stock and maybe there's, aspects of this or parts of this that we were really excited by that we want to continue in, in the future. Um, you know, I would say for a while now, we've actually had real interest in doing more things in an online or virtual environment. It's just been always, it's always been this thing. Oh, well, that's something we'll do. We'll get to in a little while, you know, but there's certainly environmental reasons and issues around accessibility and things like that, that like this medium is really great for. Um, This just became a real clear moment. They're like, Nope. Okay. This is the moment we're going to do this. So uh, certainly think uh, there can be parts of what we learn from doing this that we'll also want to continue in the future. Yeah, very good. And I would expect that, I mean, obviously the ripples of this, uh, what's going on, uh, you know, they're, they're cha- they've changed the future that we thought we were heading into. But mm-hmm. I just imagine, you know, artists having to adapt what they're doing and what they're presenting and what they're sharing could also affect their careers and the trajectory of their art and everything else. I mean, it's just uh, mm-hmm. innumerable ripples, right? Totally. Yeah. Is there any, um, so is there any limit to the amount of people that can, uh, view the performances? I mean, every performance has its own kind of specific setup in terms of interaction with the audience. Um, but almost every, I mean, every performance that we will be hosting will be streamed through YouTube live. And so whether it takes place in zoom and maybe has a limited number of participants because it's a more intimate experience, in most cases, that will be also kicked over to um, to Fusebox Live, to YouTube, YouTube Live, <laughs> <laughs> so that we can ensure that, like you know, as many people who want to see it can. Um, yeah. So there are actually some aspects of the festival that are interactive that people would be like on a Zoom meeting or something. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, there'll be some performances that will be interactive. There also will be a series of workshops. Some will be publicly broadcast, and there are folks who can enter into the workshop and be a participant. There will also be some closed workshops where we'll do a call for submissions, and people will be uh, selected to participate, uh, usually on first-come, first-served basis. And then those workshops will actually take place the weekend of the festival, but no one will know that they are really taking place. It'll be purely for those people involved. So it'll be kind of a mix of different types of experiences. Yeah. Are there any other types of experiences that uh, we haven't talked about yet that are going to be included? Or do you want to wait for the Friday announcement? (laughs) I mean, Uh, I think that's that's mostly like, yeah, yeah. we've got, we got food and drinks. We got cooking shows. We got kids programming. We got workshops. We've got, um, uh, we're doing a waffle chat. Like we, 
due yeah. to festival. Um, We're going to be doing a massive sing along. Massive oh, cool. sing along. <laughs> uh, there's dance parties. Uh, there's, Those have been big lately. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the totally. DJ situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're getting in there. And what's beautiful is I don't want to give I don't want to give too much away about what we're announcing tomorrow, but we will have some things that are perfectly timed for sunrise and sunset too. So we have some things that are really thinking deeply about the natural mm. cycles um, in the world, which I think, as we all know, uh, one thing of this crisis is that nature has breathed in a way that it hasn't breathed before. I think yeah. in recent years. So I think for us, it was really interesting to be thinking about the outdoors right now and. Um, I know so many of us are sort of yearning for that being cooped up in our homes. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel pretty lucky. I'm actually staying out in the country right now. And uh, I've, I don't know that I can't even remember the last time I've been so in tune with the sunset and the sunrise and just kind of like the, how the day plays out. It's just amazing. It's like, I, I don't know how I've done without this for so long. Mm-hmm. It's really, I think integral to our happiness and and just thriving as humans you know uh, totally I, I, I really appreciate it yeah yeah and so that, i don't know that became interesting can we use uh the digital or the the this online platform in some of these projects that we're hosting to in turn point people back outside so we're not just hmm. encouraging them to stay on their screens but we're actually right. using it as a moment to like you know lead people back outside maybe at a different time mm. time and catch a sunrise in a way that maybe you haven't uh, recently or uh yeah i don't know that that became interesting to me just thinking about how the virtual could also lead you back to uh, the natural world i'm so grateful for how thoughtful you guys are about all these things and just kind of like raising awareness to these different aspects of art and life that mm. you know we might we might not have the time to slow down and think of ourselves i'm really grateful for that yeah. well, well thank thanks you. thank and, you for giving us a chance to share what we're doing what we've been planning it's sort of funny when you're just in your house all the time on zoom calls yeah. it's nice to, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to break out of the zoom you know <laughs> yeah right um well, is there anything else that we should talk about? I, I'm, I'll plan to have this episode out ASAP, uh, at, at way before Friday. So um, I definitely want to support you guys as much as I can, um, and try to raise the interest and the participation. Thank you. Yay, we really you. appreciate that. It's huge to have your help in just amplifying it and spreading the word because that's what it is. It's about spreading the word right now. Yeah. And anyone in the world can participate in this festival. Totally. It's free and everyone's cool. invited. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How um, often do we get to say that? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, maybe give some call outs if you want to the rest of the team and just talk about how they've played a part in this whole process and pivot and development. Oh my gosh, we're a small but mighty team. I mean, our producing director, Jessica Malone, has, you know, with grace and brilliance pivoted from orchestrating, you know, a festival with over 200 artists in over 20 locations across Austin to the virtual realm and done so with such integrity 
and such care and also such ingenuity because she's having to learn and coordinate a technical team that, you know, she's not well versed in coordinating. So yeah, I have to give big shout outs to Jessica for sure. And our equally our development director, Lauren, who Lauren Adams, who's just been incredible in raising awareness about this, trying to garner support wherever we can, because it's so crucial at this moment for our organization. I would say those two have just been phenomenal um, in this process. Nice. I agree. And not to mention our office administrator, Christine, who's been rolling with all the punches. Absolutely. She's been so great as well. And our technical coordinator who works with Jessica really closely, Chris Kennard. So really, we are so blessed to have the team that we have. They're incredible individuals. They're incredible humans. And they bring so much care to what they do. Hmm. Yeah. And um, we've been working with Kyle Evans uh, with Data Geek um, to help... Hmm. uh, manage uh and conceive of those all the different sort of streaming elements okay we'll be um making up the festival so and that's uh, not trivial because this technical <laughs> stuff <laughs> I mean, I've been tra- <laughs> trying to figure out how to do my podcast you know online i mean it's yeah. not like i'm having to reinvent the wheel or anything but it's been a little frustrating for me so it's definitely not no joke trying to figure out the technical stuff yeah it's it's not no joke and yeah, we've been really lucky to work with all these folks. They're, they're amazing. And they've, they've done this with, with such, uh, yeah, grace and uh, care. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, maybe leave us with either one of you or both of you, like one, one event or uh, happening during the festival that you're really excited about personally. Well, um, there's so many. I'm just like, oh my god! There's like so much of this that I'm really excited about. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I'm, I'll just just let's start with the top. The choir, choir, choir is doing this. They're kicking off. Uh, although I don't know if it's totally confirmed yet. I mean, they're definitely participating. I just don't know if their timing is uh, confirmed. But I think they it, confirmed it. Actually, you think they just talking. confirmed it? <laughs> Yeah. Nice. This is so fresh. <laughs> fresh, off the, fresh off the press. Here we go. Fresh as news. Um, yeah. yeah, they'll be kicking off our festival uh, <laughs> with a p- big participatory uh, kind of sing along. Um, ah. And they were going to kick off our hub this year. And so it is a way, in a way, it's mirroring that. Um, but they are just like really fun and joyous and they've made this pivot online and it's a, it's an art form that works really well online and uh, just really fun. And um, I did one this weekend with them and it's like, Oh, I didn't know that I needed this, but I kind of needed this. It just, wow. It's, it's some goodness. Nice. Yeah. I second that. And I also have a personal investment because they're from Toronto where I'm originally from. So okay. I'm fans of those two, but I would also say um, we just had a really inspiring call with Jumatatu Poe and his collaborators. Jumatatu is an artist based in Philadelphia and has for the last 10 years been doing research. He's a dancer, choreographer, been doing research into the form of J-Set, uh, which mm. is this incredible dance form that um, emerged out of historically black colleges and universities and um, in different ways has been embodied by the queer black community. And he has proposed this beautiful gathering during the festival, which will be a queer slow jam. 
uh, where he's working with DJs from Berlin and he is incorporating other J setting dancers and himself to create this kind of beautiful grounding in this dance form. He's going to be teaching people a really slowed down version of the stance. And then they're going to be inviting everyone to come in and slow jam with them in this kind of beautiful dance party. So I think that that's going to be kind of like a ritual that everyone needs right now. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Well, I'm super excited. uh, And I hope everyone else is excited. Anyone that, might hear this anywhere in the world. I mean, I hope we can get the word out and get more participation. And I think it's going to be awesome. I'm really thankful for all your hard work and still kind of persisting and making this happen. And I think it's probably going to bring a lot of um, joy and uh, needed um, escape in a way for uh, people. So thank you. Well, that's our hope. Thank you so much, Scott. We appreciate you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much. This was really, it's, it's always really fun to talk with you. Thank you. And if cool. anyone needs to, it's www.fuseboxfestival.com. That's where uh, this will take place. And also you can follow us at Fusebox Festival on social media to stay tuned and not miss any updates. Yeah. And I'd probably, probably be smart to go sign up for email and get updates right into your email box i'm sure right yes please follow us um on social media subscribe to our mailing list and also follow us on youtube and subscribe oh yeah that's where it's all going to be happening oh yeah (laughs) cool all right well thanks ron and anna really appreciate it thank you thank you take care and be well yeah you too thanks for listening one more thing before you go If this episode or any other I've produced have helped you or added value to your life, please support the podcast so it can continue and grow. Just go to austinarttalk.com forward slash support. There you can find a link to my Patreon page, and there is also a PayPal option and an Amazon affiliate link. I couldn't keep doing this without your help. All the best to you and take care.